The old man was too quick for him. He sprung to his feet and leaped at the top of a large rock. There he stood, grown suddenly tall, towering above them. His hood and his grey rags were flung away. His white garments shone. The white rider, the two towers. and Madeline, and welcome back to Interesting Tales of Tolkien, a Podmoot. I'm Mel. And I'm Kristen. And this week we are covering The Two Towers, Book One, Chapter Five, The White Rider. Where we find out that Gandalf is not dead! Anymore. Well, we're going to have to talk about that, Mel, because Gandalf (laughs) is back! (laughs) I knew you'd be so excited for it. I was so excited. I actually picked up my phone and texted you in all caps. Gandalf is not dead. And I and I texted my friend Elizabeth, who has been on the podcast with us, and I said the same thing. And, and she says, I was waiting for you to get here because I wanted you to be so excited. And I am. I am so excited that Gandalf is back. I just need to know, because I was surprised that you didn't know he died. Like, it's so iconic. I'm surprised you didn't know. But then you were so set on him being alive. Did you remember something from the movies or something from culture that made you remember? No, no, he's got to be around more. No, honestly. I mean, it is highly doubtful that I actually saw the movies. I know I went, but like, (laughs) I didn't even remember there was a character named Aragorn. Come on. Aragorn is a dreamboat in the movies. How could you forget him? Like I said, I'm not sure I remember a thing. And I even remember the You Shall Not Pass scene mostly from Sir Ian McKellen's video where he's talking about acting and how he's, you know, he goes, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, you shall not pass, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. That's really what I remember. I And I didn't remember that Gandalf fell. I don't remember much of anything, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> I didn't remember that Sauron was a bad guy. <laughs> this is why Kristen needs to read the books first and then go see the movies. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, Gandalf is back and I'm so excited because it finally feels like our broken up fellowship has a chance now to have their say in this War of the Ring in Middle-earth. Okay, Mel, this is such an iconic chapter, but before we do our recap of this chapter, you need to catch our readers up on the Fellowship. Are you ready? No, but let's give it a go. Frodo's a hobbit living in the Shire. He inherits this ring from his uncle Bilbo. 17 years later, the wizard Gandalf tells him it's super bad. He has to leave home with it. So he leaves with Sam, Merry, and Pippin, and they begin a journey. They go to a place called Bree, where they meet a guy called Strider. He's going to be super important. He leads them all the way to Rivendell. Frodo gets stabbed along the way, but it's all good. The elf Glorfindel helps him get to Rivendell. In Rivendell, they establish a fellowship where they also have Gandalf, Boromir, Legolas, and Gimli join them, and they go off on this adventure to destroy the ring. They lose Gandalf in the mines of Moria, and then they then they get to the uh, falls and break. That was a bad one, but I tried. Last week was a lot better. Okay, fair warning, listeners. Mel woke up really early in the morning to do this recording because of my performance schedule this week. So, Mel, thank you for suffering for your art. (laughs) I'm so tired. I'm covered in animals because they're all still asleep. They're like, we're not waking up. We'll just cuddle you. Aww. I keep trying to put Boromir's death in my fellowship recap. And I'm like, no, that is the first chapter of The Two Towers. (laughs) 
you've been corrupted by Peter Jackson. Yeah, I told you they put that first chapter in the end of the first movie. And it makes sense. It does. Well, speaking of first chapter of the next book, how about catching us up on where we are in the two towers? You ready? I am. So Aragorn finds Boromir dying and Boromir tells him that Merry and Pippin are being captured. So Aragorn, Gimli and Legolas go off after Merry and Pippin. They meet a bunch of rogue Rohan who send them up to Fangorn Forest where they find the whole place has been like burnt, the bodies are burnt and they're at the edge of the forest. Meanwhile, Merry and Pippin were captured by orcs, but they are A-OK because of crafty Pippin helped them escape. They then entered the forest of Fangorn where they've met the Ents and are going to war on Isengard. Awesome. Thank goodness for Treebeard. Thank goodness for Treebeard. That's going to be the hard thing about having the split, swapping between these characters are doing this, these characters are doing that. I've only got 30 seconds to explain this. I'm no longer in a big group. Yeah, I think we're now in three pieces, right? Yeah, right? Where the Fellowship's in three yes. pieces. Yes, yeah. the Fellowship's in three pieces. We've got Frodo and Sam somewhere. We haven't seen them yet. Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and Gandalf, and then Merry and Pippin. Kristen, can you catch our listeners up on this week's chapter? I'm going to do my best. The hunters follow the hobbit's trail into Fangorn and see signs of their safety. Gandalf is back, and he's now the White Rider, or Saruman, as he should have been. He tells of his escape from the Balrog, journey up the Endless Stair, and transport to Lothlorien by Gwaihir. Sauron knows some of the Fellowship's story, but thinks they are all going to Gondor. Frodo has taken the ring where Saruman can never get it, and the winged messenger is in Nazgul. The now four hunters on three horses head to Edoras, for it goes poorly with Theoden. You gave yourself time to spare. I did not expect that. I mean, I've already said to our listeners that I have to write out and practice these things. And when I was practicing, I kept stumbling over all of the names. So I thought, you know what? I'll just kind of cut a little bit out here and there. And there's a lot in this chapter that we go over. And some of it is catching people up on what's happened after the fellowship has broken up. But there's also a lot of new information that we're going to get into. But first... Do we have any new characters this week, Mel? I've only put down one, and that is Gandalf the White, because he is, in my opinion, while he is still Gandalf, he is a new character, because we always had Gandalf the Grey, and his powers have now changed with his changing colour, as he implies. Oh, well, that'll be interesting to find out. I thought it was just Sauron the White, but I guess Sauron is now Sauron the Tainted or something. <laughs> we'll find out. So we are back with the hunters and we pick up immediately where we left off with them last time. So I hope that's how it's going to be going forward. I hope we're not going to skip time as we bounce back and forth from the different viewpoints. I have found it very helpful. Indeed, it is a great way because you can kind of also work out where Mary and Pippin are up to because they say how many days since this happened and everything. And you're like, okay, so Mary and Pippin must be around this point in their story. I love how they play detective with each other and try to figure out what the leaf and lembus crumbs mean and what the dropped orc knife means. They get it mostly right. Aragorn is very good at his job. As Gimli says, he says, that would not baffle a ranger. A bent blade is enough for Aragorn to read. And they keep looking and finally they find the place where Merry and Pippin met Treebeard. And this just baffles Aragorn. He has no idea what it is that happened here. And you'll notice as they play detective, they get closer and closer into the forest until they decide to enter against Celeborn's warning because Gimli points it out. 
Kristen? Oh, I thought prediction versus fiction was at the end before you get to point out <laughs> that I lost one. I got a big one. I got a big one with Gandalf coming back. One. <laughs> yeah, Gimli does not want to go into the forest, but they start talking to each other. And Legolas says he doesn't think it's going to be as bad maybe as Celeborn warned because he says, no, it is not evil or what evil is in it is far away. I catch only the faintest echoes of dark places where the hearts of the trees are black. We heard about that in the last chapter about why certain trees are like that. There is no malice near us, but there is watchfulness and anger. And I love that Kim was like, well, they can't be angry at me. He's so nervous and he really doesn't want to go. And Legolas is like, oh, but this forest is so old that it makes me feel young. It is old and full of memory. I could be happy here if I came in the days of peace. And Kim was like, I dare say you could. You are a wood elf. <laughs> and he goes, all right, if we're going to go in, we're going to go in. But I'm keeping my axe at the ready. And then quickly adds, not for use on trees. And he has to look up at the trees around him. And I just wrote next to it, nice save, Gimli. Exactly. A little CYA goes a long way. I appreciated this reminder about Legolas needing to feel young because I just think of him as being a young man because he's the son of Thranduil. But that happened long and long and long ago. I also think of him as being Orlando Bloom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> young and hot. So it was a nice reminder, like, no, he's an eternal being. Exactly, exactly. It's so hard to remember because they're so ageless. And I'll admit, any elf who is a son of somebody who's still around, I just immediately imagine is young. And I suppose they are in relation to other elves. Like, Legolas was only born sometime in the Third Age. Mm. Same with Elrond's sons. Elrond's sons were born in the first years of the Third Age, while... Elrond and Thranduil were both born in the First Age. We don't know when Thranduil was born exactly, but we know it's First Age. And Elrond was born at the end of the First Age. Oh, so Thranduil's older than Elrond? We think so. Okay. We'll get into this in later times, just because he isn't mentioned until the start of the Second Age, but once we're in the Second Age, he's definitely full-grown and fully capable when he is mentioned, and it's very early on. You told me once before that we'll learn more about how elves are, are they born or created or what happens? I mean, clearly they can make kids. So we'll learn all that in the Silmarillion. Okay. So we've got a little while to go before we get there. So once they've all agreed that they're going to go in and Ghibli has his axe at the ready, they plunge into the forest together and Aragorn continues to track the hobbits and they realize they're about two days behind them at this point. And as they're walking, they catch sight of something moving in the trees. Well, at least Legolas catches sight because he's the one who can see the best. And Gimli thinks it's the old man that they saw the other night, all in dirty gray rags, moving from tree to tree. And Gimli wants everybody to arm up, asks Legolas to put an arrow into his bow and Aragorn says, no, we should agree with Legolas. Like, let's not be too hasty and just shoot a random old guy. <laughs> <laughs> no good juju. And so the figure approaches them and there's no sound. They're kind of frozen until Gandalf says, well met indeed, my friends. Not that we know it's Gandalf yet. It's just the old man at the moment. That's true. And they have this sort of riddling conversation going back where they're trying to size each other up. 
And Aragorn says, you speak as one that knows Fangorn well. And he looks up at them because he's down below and he says, are you going to come down to me or am I going to come up? But he doesn't give him time to answer. He just starts heading up and Gimli is panicking. Gimli is not coping with this. And he's like, let's just shoot him. Please shoot him. And the old man is saying, Master Dwarf, pray take your hand from your axe half till I'm up. You will not need such arguments. And up he climbs. And once he's there, he's quite proud of himself. He's like, ah, oh, well met again. What are you doing in these parts? You're clad in elvish fashion. No doubt your tale is worth hearing. And Aragorn's like, huh, huh. And so the old man says, have you not guessed my name? You have heard it before, I think. Yes, you have heard it before. But come now, what of your tale? It's like, you know my name. Just get on with your story. And the three hunters don't want to answer. They're all very unsure. So Gandalf starts telling them about some of the stuff that, you know, I know you're tracking hobbits. Yes, don't stare. Hobbits, you've heard the strange name. And he says they're fine. He, they've met someone they did not expect that comfort you. And eventually, Gimli just can't hold himself together anymore, starts yelling Saruman and wants to, like, know what's happened to the hobbits. And at that moment, they all arm up. Gandalf throws back his cloak and reveals himself all in white and his face, and Legolas begins to scream out, Mithrandir. I love that the catalyst for all of this is that Gandalf says, well, why are we standing here? Let's go sit down. And so he turns away from them and goes to sit down on a pile of fallen stones. And it was like his spell was broken. And that's why they all decided they needed to arm up again. It's just pointless to try to fight a wizard. Come on, y'all. <laughs> they were doing what they have to do. But now that he is revealed... They all stare in wonder for a time and then Aragorn's just like, beyond all hope you return to us in our need. What veil was over my sight? And Gandalf's like, oh yes, my name was Gandalf. <laughs> like, thank you for reminding me. And he's like, yes, you may still call me Gandalf. And he forgives them for attacking him. Gimli had fallen down to his knees. So cute. Yeah, no blame to you and no harm done to me. And Gimli points out the obvious Gandalf, but you are all in white. And then there's this thing. And this, I read this paragraph so many times because I don't get it. And I'm sure it will all be fleshed out as we keep reading. But Gandalf says, yes, I am white now. Indeed, I am Sauron, one might almost say, Sauron as he should have been. So did Sauron have something like this happen to him before or is that what he was talking about? Now I am Saruman, the many colored or the whatever it was he said when he was holding Gandalf prisoner at Isengard. Like, is that what happened? So not the same thing. I'll tell you now just because it'll make it simple to understand because it is kind of talked about later. So what Saruman has done. So Saruman is Saruman the White. Well, he says that I think this is from the fellowship where Saruman says, you break the white light and it becomes many colors. And right. Gandalf's like, you'll be mad to break things. So Saruman did it to himself. Gandalf, and it isn't actually said, but I think it's time we get into this. Many, many, many moons ago, you made some prediction and I turned around and I said, why do you think Gandalf's immortal? And you go, oh, well, I actually don't know. I just sort of assumed. I guess he could just be a normal man who's like got magic powers. He's not. Uh, remember we talked about Maya before? Mm-hmm. 
and they're like angels. Mm-hmm. Gandalf, Saruman, Radagast, and the two blue wizards are all those. They're these Maya, these spirits. Have we met the blue wizards yet? No, we've heard their name. They're the five who are in Middle Earth. We don't know anything about the blue wizards really at the moment, but they're the five somewhere in Middle Earth. There's five of them. So they are all angels essentially sent to Middle Earth and their task was to aid the people of Middle Earth but not to do it for them essentially. So to give them advice and to help the peoples but not to like fix things on their behalf. Mm. So it's like the prime directive. Don't get involved in local cultures. I know you're not a Star Trek fan, but any Star Trek fans on this podcast will know exactly what I just said. (laughs) I know that one. So anyway, they're very powerful beings, but they're actually powered down. Their powers have been specifically limited, so they can't get too involved or do too much. Oh, really? So Saruman has done what he's done, and he's broken his colour to become Saruman of the many colours. Gandalf the Grey died, and when he died, he went back to the place where his gods are and everything, and they have chosen to send him back until he he says, I'm being sent back until my task is done. So they have powered him up and sent him back because they're like, no, they still need you there. Interesting. So does that answer your question? Yeah, actually, it's way more information than I would have had otherwise. Thank you. Because <laughs> it's never fully explained in like one part. It's knowing all the lore from all the different things that helps understand what happened in this moment. Actually, in fact, the movies explain it better than the book to try, I think, just to help the audience go, okay, this is confusing. <laughs> well, and it makes sense if Tolkien was writing this over decades and, and he never even properly finished it. Like, it makes sense why the world building was just ongoing. I totally get it. But he reveals this very cryptic thing about himself. And then he says, tell me of yourselves. And Aragorn's like, what do you want to know? You've been gone a while. We've been doing a lot, actually. It becomes more of a conversation back and forth rather than one person just updating. So they discuss that Gandalf was watching over Emin Mule and he's had Gwai here, the Wind Lord, looking out for him. He's like, but he cannot see all that passes under hill and tree. Some things he has seen and others I've seen myself. And he reveals that the ring has passed beyond their help. And he does not know exactly where Frodo is or how things go, but he was saved from a great peril, but many lie before him still. And he Gandalf thinks he's gone alone to Mordor. And Legolas is like, not alone. We think that Sam went with him. And Gandalf is like, did he? Did he indeed? It's news to me, yet it does not surprise me. Good. Very good. I had one other question about this paragraph. Because Gandalf says the ring was very nearly revealed to the enemy, but it escaped. And I'm assuming he's talking about after Boromir tried to take it and then Frodo put it on and was on the top of that seat and had this vision of the eye getting him. But then Gandalf says, I had some part in that for I sat in a high place and I strove with the dark tower and the shadow passed. So we don't know what that means yet, right? I can put it together quite easily. Like it never really goes any further than that. So Sauron obviously almost caught sight of Frodo. At that same time, Gandalf was able to sort of catch sight of the enemy as well. And he strove with him to distract him. Oh, interesting. So is that like one of the dreams that Frodo used to have about the two, ta- the white 
eye and the tower and the I'm, I'm I think I'm just trying to understand stuff I don't have enough information for but I, I read some of these cryptic sentences and I just go wait what yeah look some of it's just cryptic I, I do not from the top of my head think it relates to any of Frodo's dreams okay and yeah he just because all it says is very nearly it was revealed to the enemy but it escaped I had some pie that for I say in a high place and I strove with the dark tower so I'm pretty sure that's just reference to that scene and okay. that Gandalf had a part to play because he was he was alive by that point again. He was only he was only dead like four or five days. <laughs> Amazing. So they keep talking. Aragorn finally gets to the death of Boromir, and yet again, props to Aragorn because he doesn't betray that Boromir went after the ring. Although Gandalf sort of hints, you have not said all that you know or guess, Aragorn, my friend. And that was not a part of the story that Gandalf was able to observe. Mm. And and he kind of implies that his death was not in vain, if only for the fact that it brought Merry and Pippin to Fangorn at the end. And he says that there's a part they have to play there. And he says, even as we talk here, I hear the first rumblings. Saruman had better not be caught away from home when the dam bursts. Yeah, I want to make sure we talk about that when we talk about predictions, because I, I have questions. And anyway, and I love this thing that comes next. In one thing, you have not changed, dear friend, said Aragorn. You still speak in riddles. And then Gandalf goes on to say, I wasn't talking in riddles. I was talking to the smartest person in the room, which is what old people do. <laughs> It killed me. <laughs> habit of the old, they choose the wisest person present to speak to. The long explanations needed by the young are wearing. And Aragorn's <laughs> like, well, I'm not young. By my own people, I am, like, quite well-aged. So why don't you make your mind a little more clear to me? And Gandalf has to really think about it before he's able to, like, answer and make his thoughts make sense. His thoughts are about what Sauron would be thinking they're doing. Because Sauron now knows there is a company. He knows their number and what kind they are, but he hasn't perceived their purpose. He presumes they're headed for Minas Tirith because that's what he would do. He can't even think that they would want to kill that they would want to destroy the ring. And he has this line that we should wish to cast him down and have no one in his place is not a thought that occurs to his mind. That we should try to destroy the ring itself has not yet entered his darkest dream. And what's cool about that is that they have forced him to go to war a lot sooner than he had planned. He's going to be gathering and building his armies rather than hunting Frodo and the ring. So Frodo has an even better chance because Sauron is going to be busy gathering his forces for Minas Tirith. And Gandalf pretty much says... Isn't it ironic if Sauron just stayed at home and kept his army within Mordor and bent all his thoughts on the ring, we wouldn't have a chance. But because he thinks we would act as he would, he's marching out. He's going to clear Mordor and we might have a chance. They talk about Saruman's part to play and Gimli's like, well, doesn't this all make Saruman a traitor if he was trying to get the ring for himself? And Gandalf's like, indeed doubly and is that not strange there's so much in this about what happens to people who decide they want to wield the ring and then they get sucked in under its power and they get themselves destroyed i, I hope that doesn't happen to frodo like i hope frodo doesn't get eaten up by the ring that's a long way away in the story but wow we also get this important information 
that Isengard cannot fight Mordor unless Saruman first obtains the ring that he will never do now. That's also important information. At least it's not going to be Saruman versus Sauron. There's going to have to be some more mustering of forces of something. Indeed. I also love, though, that he says Saruman also had a mind to capture the ring for himself, or at least to snare some hobbits for his evil purposes. So between them, our enemies contrived only to bring Merry and Pippin with marvellous speed and in the nick of time to Fangorn, where otherwise they never would have come at all. And Saruman is also eager for information, and so he is out and about trying to find out what else is going on in wider Middle-earth. And it turns out he doesn't know all of the story either. He doesn't know about the orcs that were destroyed, and he doesn't know about the winged messenger, which we find out now is one of the Nazgul reunited with a different kind of horse, a winged horse. It says a winged steed. We don't know if they're actual horses. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Fair. We'll hear a bit more about them later. I'll tell you that much. Because while he says the rider was soon horsed again, but I think at this point we can decide it's probably not all. Because it brings terror and overshadows all. We find out that Sauron has not let them fly across the river yet, and therefore Saruman doesn't know the new shape of the ring wraiths. And Saruman is just thinking about the ring. Where is it? Was it present? Was it found? What if it's with Theoden now? What could come of that? And he's seeing danger everywhere. So he's fled back to Isengard and want to get his assault ready against Rohan. And I love this. It says, and all the time there is another danger close at hand, which he does not see. Busy with his fiery thoughts, he has forgotten Treebeard. And Aragorn's like, okay, you're speaking in riddles again. Gimli also pipes up and says, hang on, that reminds me. Were you the person that we saw walking around in the forest? And sure enough, it wasn't Gandalf. It was Saruman. And Gimli's like, good, I'm glad it's not you. They ask again about the hobbits, and Gandalf confirms that Merry and Pippin are safe with Treebeard and the Ents. And Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are stunned that the Ents are real, because they all thought it was just legends, the subjects of song. And Legolas speaks about, well, Treebeard is just Fangorn in the common speech, but you make it sound like it's a person. And Gandalf reveals that he actually doesn't know that much about Treebeard, and what he does know is a long tail. But he's a guardian of the forest, and he hopes Legolas may one day meet him and get to know him. And pretty much says, look, Mary and Pippin are with him. I saw him with them. And it's going to be okay. We've got to turn our minds to other things. And Gimli says that maybe Treebeard also thought Gandalf was Saruman because they didn't speak. And he goes on to say, I thought Fangorn was dangerous. And I love this line. Dangerous, cried Gandalf. And so am I. Very dangerous. More dangerous than anything you will ever meet unless you're brought alive before the seat of the Dark Lord. And Aragorn is dangerous, and Legolas is dangerous. You are beset with dangers, Gimli, son of Gloin. Because you are dangerous yourself, in your own fashion. (laughs) And then we hear, a thing is about to happen, which has not happened since the Elder Days. The Ents are going to wake up and find that they are strong. And Gandalf doesn't know exactly what that means, but he knows that it's destined to happen. Aragorn says, well, does that mean we're going to go find them. 
And Gandalf says, no, hope is not victory. I am Gandalf, Gandalf the White, but black is mightier still. He basically now says, our journey is to go to Edoras and seek out King Theoden because there's war in Rohan and worse evil. I wonder what that is. And it says it goes ill with Theoden. And Legolas is like, so we're not going to see our hobbits again? And Gandalf goes, I did not say so. Who knows? Have patience. We have to go where we must go. And they need to go to Edoras. And Aragorn points out, it's a long way away now. We lost our horses. And Gandalf is like, we shall see. We shall see. Are you going to come with me? And I love this descriptor so much. Aragorn says, yes, we're going to go. And he stands up and it says, He rose and looked long at Gandalf. The others gazed at them in silence as they stood there facing one another. The grey figure of the man, Aragorn, son of Arathorn, was tall and stern as stone, his hand upon the hilt of his sword. He looked as if some king out of the mists of the sea had stepped upon the shores of lesser men. Before him stooped the old figure, white shining now as if some light kindled within bent laden with but holding power beyond the strength and we are back now with two leaders of the fellowship Mm. it kind of went back and forth at the beginning right gandalf and aragorn talking to each other giving each other counsel and i it just really opened my heart that Aragorn's been really feeling alone and uber responsible and beating himself up for all these mistakes and he basically pledges fealty to Gandalf. And I love this. He says, you are our captain and our banner. The Dark Lord has nine, but we have one mightier than they, the White Rider. He has passed through the fire and the abyss and they shall fear him. We will go where he leads. Legolas and Gimli basically say the same thing, except Gimli wants to know about the Balrog. And Gandalf is like, really? Don't say his name. I don't want to tell you everything but he does tell a little bit yes they fell along together and Gandalf was burnt by his fire and they eventually plunged into deep water and he says it almost froze his heart deep in the abyss that is spanned by Durin's bridge and none has measured it said Gimli and once they were at the bottom it was beyond light and knowledge and they both rose up the Balrog was just a slime now without his fire and he began to run through the tunnels that were not made by Durin's folk. As as far, far below the deepest delvings of the dwarves, the world is gnawed by nameless things. Even Sauron knows them not. And so they ventured through that. Gandalf follows the Balrog throughout the dungeons and they find these stairs that were lost and they climb all the way to the top of Celebdil, one of the mountains, and up there they fight. And after all of that, he ends up defeating. I threw down my enemy and he fell from the high place and broke the mountainside where he smote it in his ruin. Then darkness took me and I strayed out of thought and time and I wandered far on roads that I will tell. So basically he went to King's Cross Station <laughs> and waited for Harry to make up his mind. Way cooler than that. <laughs> and then, yeah, naked, I was sent back for a brief time until my task is done. And then we get the eagle deus ex machina. Guayhir was sent by Lady Galadriel to bring him to Karas Galathon. And he gets some elvish healing. And the Lady Galadriel has sent some words back to other members of the Fellowship. 
And I have so many questions. They read sort of like greetings, but they also read kind of like predictions because there's stuff about what's going to come. I want to hear what you think of them. I'm not going to tell you anything. Right. Well, okay. So to Aragorn, it ends, the dead watch the road that leads to the sea. So my question is, which sea? And I'm guessing that this means Aragorn has to do something where he's fighting some sort of like dead bodies, maybe like they already went through the Barrow Whites or something like that. Aragorn's going to have to fight some undead or something over there. <laughs> that, that's what I thought it meant. So we'll see. And then to Legolas, thy heart shall then rest in the forest no more. So if he hears the cry of a gull on the shore, so he's going to the sea as well. And she tells him to beware of the sea. So I actually think... I actually think Legolas is going to die in whatever happens over there. That's what I think. And I know elves are supposed to be eternal, but you did tell me one time before that they can die. They indeed can. Sadly, I think that's what's going to happen. I think lots of them died in the uh, Battle of the Five Armies. Mm -hmm. And Gimli gets really upset because Gandalf doesn't give him any words straight away. And Legolas is like, why do you want these dark words? And he says, I'd rather anything then nothing, and Gandalf comes back with it. He says, oh, yes, yeah, sorry, she did. She said to Gimli, son of Gloin, give his lady's greetings, Lockbearer. Wherever thou goest, my thought goes with thee, but have a care to lay thine axe to the right tree. And Gimli's like, I'm so happy you're back, Gandalf. But yet again, we have this warning about don't cut the wrong tree. So clearly somebody is going to disrespect a tree. Ugh. And with that, Gandalf rises up and wraps himself back in his tether cloak and leads them back out of Fangorn. And out on the plains, Legolas is like, well, the horses aren't back. We're going to have a very weary walk. And Gandalf's like, I'm not walking. And he whistles. And out of the fields comes Shadowfax, who we've heard about before, but we finally get to meet him. Magnificent horse. And turns out he's the reason that... The hunter's horses had disappeared because they saw their friend and went off on an adventure or out to play. Or at least after they'd been scared away by Saruman, they met with him because it says like they could hear them winning, like not in fear, but in like joy. So as the three horses approach them, Gandalf gives them their next assignment for the adventure. Hasafel Shogbear Aragorn. And Arad Legolas and Gimli's going to ride with Gandalf on Shadowfax. And Gandalf says a word to Shadowfax and off they all go. And Gandalf explains that Shadowfax knows the way and he's steering them straight towards the halls of Theoden. And they ride for many hours through meads and riverlands. Often the grass was so high that it reached above the knees of the riders and their steeds seemed to be swimming in the grey-green sea. And they do get a glimpse of the smoke from Isengard through the gap of Rohan. Legolas asks what it is, and Gandalf says, battle and war, ride on. And that's the end of the chapter. What a good chapter. I loved it. I mean, not only did I love getting Gandalf back, I mean, that's obviously super cool, but it was just enough recap and a lot of new insights and a lot of new information. And so we're kind of knitting together these multiple threads of this story. That was awesome. And we're going to get to finally meet the king that they had paused when they first met the group of writers. 
Hey everyone, have you remembered to follow us on our social media? We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podmoot. You can also check down below for a link to our Discord. Thank you for subscribing and sharing the podcast with your friends. Thanks, y'all. Who's your character of the week? Well, I have two. I think it's very hard not to give Gandalf character of the week because he defeated the Balrog and he's the one who's putting all the story together. But, I mean, he's also a wizard and now you're telling me he's a Maya. So it's kind of a cop out. I am going to give my character of the week yet again to Gwai here because he has been keeping watch over this entire journey through Middle Earth. And he's been gathering the information and getting it to the most powerful people like Gandalf and Galadriel. He's rescued Gandalf now twice. And I just think without Gwai here, nobody knows enough information to move this story forward. That's actually a really clever shout out that I'm going to steal. I'm going to give mine to Gwai here as well. Okay, well, what was your previous thought? Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, super powerful. Are you ready for prediction versus fiction? Dun, dun, dun. I get a big point. Yes, so long-term prediction completed. Gandalf, well, he is back. He is now alive. He wasn't alive every time you predicted it, but he is now alive. That made me so happy. So you predicted that we would be back to the three hunters, but we did note that was accidentally spoiled because you saw the next page. The man Aragorn saw in the night was Gandalf. Nope. I was kind of giggly at that going, she's so close to being right, but like, that's Saruman that time. The white rider is Saruman or Arohirim, more likely Arohirim. It was neither. <laughs> nope. Saruman has realized his orcs are all gone and he's trying to work out what is going on. Well, he did want to work out what's going on. He only found out about the orcs, I suppose, once he turned up and found all their burning bodies. But he definitely wanted to go out and find out what was going on. The hunters are still trying to find the hobbits and will continue to do so while meeting other people of Middle-earth. The three hunters will go around the forest. They're going to end up in Isengard eventually. I do think they end up in Isengard eventually. But they got to go other places first. And then sort of set after Isengard is that they will have to go see the king. So you you had that at least if they do go to Isengard, you've got that in the wrong order. Mm -hmm. King first, then Isengard. And we have at least two chapters before the Fellowship is reunited. Do you think it's more than that now or less? No, I think it's more. I have a whole lot more thoughts now after this chapter and some of the things that Gandalf said. So, yeah, let's let's finish up the previous stuff first. Well, that was it. Ah. So do you want the title or do you just want to start some? No, no, no. Give me the title and then we'll go. The title is The King of the Golden Hall. Well, clearly that's Theoden. So they're headed that way already. They're going to get there. They're going to have an audience with him. But I think Theoden is already, whether he's under Saruman's control, I think there is already some danger afoot. And I think Theoden is on the wrong side. I think it's a little bit of a trap they're walking into. And whether Saruman is actually there or they meet up with him later, I, I do think there's a confrontation with Saruman at some point as well. But I think they're going to try to remind the king, like, there's already these relationships between Aragorn and Gandalf and the king. The writers before told us that Gandalf is not really welcome. So I don't think it's going to go very well when they show up there. 
And it's been a really long time since Aragorn has been. So at best, that relationship is stale, if not actually contentious. So I don't think it's going to be a pleasant time for them there. I also think that that other group of writers has now had time to make it back. Aomer's group, you mean? Just so we're... Yes, that Aomer's group has had time to make it back and will have told the king about these hunters and about the orcs. And I think the king is not going to be happy that those orcs were destroyed because he's now aligned with Sauron. And I I, I just think this whole chapter is going to be a giant mess of trying to re-establish relations. I think the news that Sauron is collecting his armies towards Minas Tirith is going to be the only thing that could possibly motivate Theoden. But I think he's aligned with Saruman so that they can stop having armies on both sides. And I think he's got the false belief that Saruman has the hobbits that have the ring. And I actually think Theoden knows about the ring because I think Saruman has hinted that that's why they're going to be able to have a chance against Sauron. So yeah, that that's what I think is coming soon. I think it's going to be a bit before we get back to the Ents and Merry and Pippin. So just quickly, Theoden has aligned himself with Saruman, but do his people not know that then? Because Aomer certainly didn't know that. Aomer was saying, you know, we are free and we answer only to our king. We don't bow to anybody else. Yeah, I think it's been this sort of insidious thing that somehow Saruman has like weaseled or wormed his way into creating like a puppet figurehead in the King of the Mark. And that he's been, ooh, wait a minute. I just had this gross thought. What if the men that he is using to co-breed his orcs are these men? And he's been gradually selecting them and taking them back to Isengard or there's some fortress there where the orcs are quasi-protected and that's how they're being genetically engineered or oh that that whole concept just skeeves me out like it so i just want some clarity will at the end of the day will aragorn gandalf legolas and gimli be successful in allying themselves with Theoden or are they going to have to just walk away from it and be like we've got to try something else Hmm. or could even go worse with them you did say it could be a trap I, I don't think it's that simple as in we go, we have a meeting with the king and either we have an alliance or we don't. Because I think Saruman is around. I think he's involved and he's already seen the hunters in the forest and he's going to figure out that they've now left and they're headed there. I think Saruman actually shows up. And whether it's a meeting with the king or a meeting before or after the king, I, I'm not quite sure. But I, but I think his involvement is then revealed. I don't think there is an immediate alliance with the king because of Saruman's involvement. And a trap, I think it's more likely that they realize the extent of what's going on and they maybe hang back from visiting so soon. Or No, that can't be right because the, the title of the chapter is The King. I think it's going to take more than this chapter for the alliance to be built. I also wonder if we're going to get some backstory about why Gandalf is persona non grata there. 
I think we're going to get some history about maybe when Aragorn was there before. I don't think this is an easy chapter for the three hunters and Gandalf. I think it's going to be really disastrous, actually. Anything else? No, I think we're good. Oh, actually, I do think one other thing happens. That group of riders, Eomer's riders, I think they bring disastrous news back from Minas Tirith as well. I think they see that Sauron's forces are either right there or maybe they've already even taken Ministereth. I'm going to write that prediction down, but I will say, I don't think it's going to be Eomers. It's been three days. I don't think that's enough time to get all the way to Gondor and back. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give it to you as uh, news has come that Ministereth has fallen. Is that what you're predicting? It's either 50-50 that Sauron has it surrounded or maybe that it's already fallen. Yeah. Okay. Is under attack slash fallen. Okay. And I also think that is part of what's driving Theoden to align with Saruman because he feels like he doesn't have any more allies of men in this area. Yeah. All right. Homework for next week, the King of the Golden Hall. Thanks for joining us. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podmoot. Our email address is podmoot at gmail.com and our website is podmoot.com. If you'd like to contact me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett on Twitter and Instagram. Kristen, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Conducts. Norvera Mellon, until we meet again. Bye, y'all. <laughs>